not just going to touch me. He's not just going to counsel me. He's not just going to aid me. He's not a fire escape. He's not a rescuer in that sense. He, the very, can you get a hold of this? He, the very nature of God, the very essence of who God is, is literally going to move through the pores of my skin, get inside of me, and He's not going to live over underneath my left rib, the spiritual area of my life. He's going to literally saturate and move through and permeate. He's going to live in my mind, live in my emotions. He's going to live within me. Where are you anyway in you? Am I up here or am I down there? (laughs) But wherever I am, He is. And lo and behold, His mind and my mind, His nature and my nature, His thought process and my thought process, His perspective and my perspective, literally we merge together. And I begin to think, I don't, my mind is not eliminated. He doesn't push my mind aside and I just have His mind. No, His mind and my mind come together. Wouldn't it be something to have the emotions of God? to literally begin to feel like God feels about things? Wouldn't it be something to have the perspective? Look at situations the way He sees them? Well, that's impossible! <laughs> now, the pivotal issue of, this, of the chapter 5 is verse 20. It's just prior to what we read. We read verse 21, but look at verse 20. He says, For I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. He says, You're not going to get in on it unless your righteousness exceeds. Now, I'm not talking, he says, about maturing and getting this righteousness. I'm not talking about, well, if you live long enough and develop enough disciplines, you will have this. He's not talking about that because he says you will not even enter. You can't even start being a kingdom person. You can't even think in terms of, there's no possibility. This is the threshold. This is the door. You don't even get into the kingdom unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. See, they couldn't conceive in their minds how anybody could be more righteousness righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees. See, the scribes and the Pharisees were squeaky. Come on, how are you going to go to church more than every time the church doors are open? Well, you can't. And a scribe and a Pharisee, they go to every church service. Well, how am I going to do better than that? By the time they were 12, they had memorized the first five books of the Bible. Beats anything you've done. (laughs) How are you going to do any better than that? You want to talk about tithing? The Pharisee had a patio out back his home, uh, out the back door. And, and, and along the patio, he had herb plants. And the herbs were about the size of the end of your finger, about the size of a pea. And when he wanted herbs for his dinner, he'd come pick an herb, and he'd take a knife and slice off 10% before he ate it. He even tied his herbs. Beats anything you've done. See, how are you going to tithe any more than tithe? How are you going to... Come on. 
How you're going to give offerings any more than, whoa, how are you going to... So when Jesus came and said, your righteousness has to exceed anything that the Pharisees have ever done, well, how am I going to do more than they... This is impossible. I know. Because you're helpless. So what I'm going to do, he says, I'm taking you to a whole new level of righteousness. This is a whole new dimension of righteousness. This righteousness goes far beyond the deed that you do. This righteousness has something. Do you see that? This is not about an activity for you to do. This is about an internal intimacy of merger with a divine God who literally takes you into a new creature scene where you don't just ab- adopt belief systems. You don't just, well, I've been raised in the Church of the Nazarene stuff. It isn't traditions. It isn't things you do or don't do. It has to do with intimacy and oneness and literally a, a merger with the intimacy of God that forms a new creature in you. And you become this kingdom person. Now he says, I know you didn't get that, so I'm going to give you some illustrations. And he gives six illustrations. And we're looking at the first one. The first one has to do with murder. Now, here's the old timer. The old covenant, the old testament person said, Hey, I am angry inside. I know that. Listen, I popped out of my mother's womb and the first thing that happened, some dude slapped me and I've been mad ever since. So what am I supposed to do with all that? I know, I, hey, I have bad days and I lose my temper. I get aggravated. I tell you, things just, my hair won't will lay down. I just, I just have, I know I had four flat tires today. The boss is on. You weren't married to my wife. What am I supposed to do with all that? Well, good night. Get a lid on it. I mean, get your act under control. Come on, discipline yourself. You can't just express everything you feel. Come on. Manage your anger. In fact, go to anger management class. Well, I've been to anger management class five times, got mad every time and left. (laughs) Hard, isn't it? What am I supposed to do with all of this anger? Hey, I'm going to put boundaries around it. I'm going to draw a line. And I'm not going to cross that line. What's the line that I will not cross? I'm not going to kill you. I won't kill you. I'm telling you, I'm not going to kill you. I don't ma- it doesn't matter how mad I get, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to run you down with my car. I'm not going to, hey, I'm not going to get a gun and shoot your head off. I'll get your picture, put it on the wall and blow your stinking head off. But I'm not going to really do it. I'll dream about it at night, putting a noose around your neck. And, but hey, I'm not really going to do it. I'm not, hey, I'll badmouth you all over the church until you move to another church. But hey, other than that, I'm not going to kill you. I'm telling you, I'm not going to kill you. That's a line I won't cross. So the old timer said... I'm okay. Why? I don't kill people. It's the sixth commandment. Verse 22. But I say to you, I'm taking you into a new realm. I'm taking you to a new level. I want want to take you into a whole new deal. 
This is a whole new dimension, people. This is not, hey, get your act together. This is not, hey, discipline yourself. This is not manage your anger. Well, what is this? I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. Whoever says, you fool, will be in danger of hell fire. What do you want to do with that? Do you know what he just said? He said, you think you're righteous because you don't kill people. You put a boundary and get your anger under control. And while you get mad every now and then and have upset in your life and have a disturbance, you have learned to cool it down and not express it. And therefore, you don't kill people. I want to say to you, I want to eliminate your anger. I don't want you to manage it. I want you to eliminate it. I want you to eliminate your upset. Everybody gets upset. You're proposing an impossible standard. Nobody can live that kind of life. Absolutely. You just proved this point, didn't you? You're helpless, aren't you? (laughs) You're absolutely helpless, aren't you? You couldn't pull this off in 10 million years. There's no way you can get this done. But do you believe that it's absolutely a possibility that there is a divine God? Do you think, would this be something? Is this possible that God himself in his amazing nature could literally come and embrace me in my helplessness and merge with me and he and I could become this new creature who could literally live with the mind of Christ who could literally live in the flow of his life that I could think like he thinks and feel like he feels and move like he moves and I could have my emotions could be he could bring my is this what he's talking that you could actually be feeling But I'm helpless. That's the point. So this is not going to be something you're going to do. This is not going to be something you're going to manage. This is a not list. This is not a new list of rules. This is a relationship, an intimacy in his person. Now, if Jesus had ended there, I'd have been really happy. Because I think I could have adjusted that, you know, that anger thing. I think I could have handled that. But look at what he does. He says, whoever says, in in, in that same verse, verse 22, he says, whoever says to his brother, Raka. You know what the word Raka means? Idiot. Whoever says to his brother, you idiot! Ever drive down the road? <laughs> I don't even need to go any further, do I? <laughs> if somebody cuts you, you idiot! <laughs> and then the police have him stop. Well, good. Shall be in danger of the council. Whoever says, you fool! So here, idiot and fool. Oh, you can't say those words. 
So this is a new set of rules. Don't say idiot. Don't say rules. Don't say fool. This is a new rule. So hey, I've eliminated that from my cat from my vocabulary, and I never call anybody an idiot or a fool. Therefore, I'm okay. Down south, you know what we do down south? Down south in Tennessee, we don't call people idiots and fools. What we do is we look at them and say, bless their little hearts. <laughs> See, I don't demean you. I don't belittle you with my words. I just look at you and go, So see, now he's gone from being angry at you to demeaning and belittling you. Well, how strong is he on that? He says, when you belittle an individual and, and call them a fool. Now, whether you do that inside or whether you do that verbally or whether you do that with your eyes or however you do that, you're in danger of hell fire. Well, I was happy just not killing people. <laughs> I thought that was a tough standard just not to kill people. <laughs> Do you see where he's taking us in there? He's moved us from a series of activities, from ten commandments to do. He's moved us from outside, outside activities. He's moved us to inside feelings. He's moved us to internal, internal thoughts. He's moved us to what's going on in your mind and what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your inside. And it's no longer just don't kill a guy. It's, hey, I can't be upset with him. I'm not to demean him. I'm not to belittle him. I'm to, I'm to, I'm to have the mind of Christ about you, how Jesus thinks about you. See, I don't get mad at people anymore. I just... Eliminate them. I just take a pencil and strike their name off my list. I just ignore them. They just don't exist. See, I'm just a. You know where he's going to go with this? The fifth illustration is on is about fairness. See, the old timer said, "Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth." You got to be fair. Hey, you got to be fair. See, I poke your eye out. What would be fair? You poke my eye out. Not two. That wouldn't be fair. Hey, I knock your tooth out. You can knock my tooth out. No, only one. Got to be fair. It's all about fairness. What's fair? How many times have you heard around the church? That's just not fair. They had no right to. Jesus says, "What if this wasn't about fairness? 
or what would it be about? Thinking like God says. How does he think? He says, when they get you here, turn the other cheek. Now, it's not about a physical thing. It's not about, oh, you devil of his fist and tried to beat the living day. No. See, it was an insult thing. It wasn't about a physical hit. It was about slap. It was an open-handed, the word, the Greek word is an open-handed slap. In other words, you're standing before us, guy, and you backhand him. Oh! Which is an insult. Of course, we don't insult people like that by doing that anymore. So what we do is we just insult them in a variety of ways. Again, we insult with our eyes. We insult, hey, we we demean, we belittle, we downplay. He says, you know what I want you to do? When somebody demeans you, belittles you, comes after you, insults you, you know what I want you to do? Turn in your feet. Risk being insulted again. Well, why would I do that? I would just eliminate them. They'll never get... They, they won't have a chance at... Hey, they had one chance with me and that was it. They, Jesus says, how are you ever going to be redemptive? How are you ever going to win them? How are you ever going to get into their lives? How are they, how are they ever going to know the love of God? How are they ever going to know how God feels about them? If they, if they hit you once and you walk off and limit, oh, I'm done, that's it, hey, I've had it. If, if you do that, how, if you don't go after them, how are you going to know? How are they ever going to? He goes on to say, when they say, when they come and demand that you go one mile with them, see, they can come to you and they, they can, they, they can, they can demand that you carry their packages one mile by law. So you carry their stinking packages one mile, drop them flat, walk off. What would happen if you thought like God thinks and say, hey, you demanded I carry the packages, I'm going to whistle all the time for the one mile. And then when I come to the end of the mile, I'm going to whack you on the back, and I'm going to go a second mile and talk to you about Jesus all the way. <laughs> Woo, they'll never ask you to carry your packages again. <laughs> Because this is not about being fair. This is about being redemptive. Can you imagine Jesus hanging on a cross saying, This isn't fair. I'm hurt. They didn't treat me right. What? What's wrong with us? Jesus, I want to merge with you, man, until you think like I think, you feel like I feel. I want to come and literally live within you. I want you to embrace your helplessness and say, hey, wow, I'm, oh. and he would come with you, and you would, and him would be, and this new person would be, and you would literally become the function of God. And you're wrong. Well, mainly that's impossible. Nobody can live like that. I'm only a human being. Absolutely. I can't help it the way I feel. 
I can't control my emotions and feel the way I... I just... I can't... You proved your point, didn't you? <laughs> You're helpless, aren't you? But what would happen if you would change? What would happen if the actual person of Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus, would invade your life? I don't want you to go too big on this. Here's what I'd like to invite you to do. I'd like you to pick out one situation. Not two. One situation. One relationship. One conflict. Probably wasn't even your fault. Maybe in your family. You didn't do anything. You're not even to blame. You take that one, it just grinds inside. You just. And open that up and let him invade you in that one. And give you his mind and his heart as he feels. Admit you're helpless there. Just see what he does. Jesus. Just one. But I embrace my helplessness in just one situation and say, I don't know what to do. I can't change the way I feel. They gouge me. They hurt me so deep. It isn't fair. Come and live in me. Can you actually go to the depth of my emotions? Can you actually go into the realm of the inner heart of my being? Can you actually give me your mind? Can I, can I, can I begin to feel and see and think like you do? And Lord, I've, I've tried so hard to master and control and get a grip on and manage my anger and manage my temper and manage, manage and get a hold of and I 
Oh God, I'm worn out. Could I become a kingdom person? Embracing your helplessness in one circumstance, one conflict, one relationship, would you risk what he would do to you? And would you slip out of your seat? Would you join me at this altar? Maybe you can't kneel, you can come and stand. You can sit in the front seat. Would you miss the opportunity that Almighty God not aiding you, not solving a problem for you, but merging, becoming one with you, invading your life? Think of the possibility. And folks, if that's what a Christian is, are you one? Are you one? I want to kneel. Oh, Jesus, give me your mind. Give me your heart. And we'll just have a moment of prayer. And at the proper time, our pastor will come and give us this message. Would you join me?